0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman and let's get started. Uh, uh, I went through on the prior talk the different rendering techniques we use from volume to MIP to multiplanar and their advantages and some of the disadvantages in terms of cardiac imaging. So let's now look at how I really do a case. Well, I like to think of things as steps. So step one. What you have to do when you sit down to read a case is really determine how good the case is technically. Now, you know very well if the case is done terrifically, good bolus of injection, good breath hold, good timing, it's going to be easy to read. You also know that if it's done poorly, bad injection, bad timing, or breathing, you will spend forever on the case. I will give you one hint. Uh, On some cases, I spend forever, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes. I've come to the conclusion these days that... If in 15 minutes I can't get the answer, I could spend the rest of my life, and it's probably not going to help a whole lot. So just something to keep in mind. Okay, so what am I going to do? I look at the aortic coronary arteries. Is it great opacification? Is it so-so or maybe it's poor? Hopefully it's not poor. Uh, Are the images motion-free or is it motion-present? Again, one of the reasons I mentioned this here is uh, potentially what you could have that seems like motion is really just the wrong phase of acquisition. Remember how we speak about acquiring from 0 to 90% the 10 different phases. And so in some patients, although you may pick 60 or the tech picks 60 to reconstruct, only as the one you're looking at initially, you may have to go to 70 or you may have to go to 30. So again, uh, this will drive you to pick the best um, percent uh, that you will use. And then you want to look at the images, how good the detail is. We recognize some limitations. If you have a very heavy patient, the images are not going to be great. The noise will cause some artifact. Again, you can do these patients, but at least you know what you're dealing with. I then look at the uh, set of images, and I see, for example, in this case, that the acquisition was too early. You can see contrast is all on the right side of the heart, not the left side. Uh, to any great degree and so we know timing was off this will be a really tough study to visualize because you know the coronaries are not going to be well opacified and you know it's going to be hard to see the rca in particular so it's something i look at right away and i know what i'm dealing with as opposed to this case where you see very nicely the right coronary you see the right side of the heart the contrast has been washed out for the most part by the saline push and i know this case i'm going to be able to really into a slam dunk. I'm going to get a great diagnosis because the vessel looks good. There's no motion. The contrast is in the right place and in the right time. What if I see this? Look at that step-off. Well, the first thing you might say is the patient breathed during the study, and that's why it's a step-off. Well, when you look at the sagittal view, if that was the case, you would see a step-off in the spine and sternum, which you don't see. So what does that mean? It means the patient probably had a... uh, abnormal beat during the study. And so one thing you have to be able to do is go inside the data set and be able to edit the data set. If a beat is in the wrong place, simply disable that beat or a few beats and you're able then to salvage the study. So again, this is something you need to do at the scanner level, but when you look at the images, make sure that's you know done correctly. It also makes the point that I don't care how busy you are do not delete the data until you're satisfied that you have the best scan data possible we typically keep the data on the system for at least two days but you have to do this or you're going to look at a case and say reconstruct and let's change the uh, couple of different sequences and you won't have the data to play with so again that's an important technical note in terms of step-offs look at this case look at the ascending aorta you see those bands Well that's because of the acquisition, but you recognize that those bands disappear. Image on your left is at 40% RR interval, image on your right at 70%. So again, choosing the right percent of the RR interval is critical. When you choose the correct percent, you don't have any of these issues. So again, it's something very, very important to think about choose the right phase, and again, in some patients that are difficult, I may need to look at four phases to put everything together. Maybe the RCA is best at 30 percent, and the LAD and circuit 60 and 70, respectively. You can see this again on this next series of images. Here you see two images of the left coronary and you look image on your right the LED looks perfect image on your left is step-offs is there stenosis present is there motion what is going on Well, when you look at the video here you can see what happens the heart is actually going to be moving and because it's moving you can see how the coronary artery comes in and out of plane and because it comes in and out of plane you have to make sure you have it in the right place so if you stop it correctly you get beautiful images like this. Another example. Let's look at the right coronary again. Here's motion, volume rendered image. You can see that the right coronary can move five centimeters or so when you're doing a uh, cardiac CT. And again, whether it's volume rendering or it's MIP, you have to be certain that you're looking at the best point. Again, one of the things to recognize is that when you're off just a little bit, you may actually potentially make an error because you may see it looks like a step-off or a narrowing in the coronary artery. And in fact, when you look more carefully, it's simply just this little step-off because of the phase. And so again, one thing I often do is when cases are somewhat problematic, I go through each phase from zero to 90, just keep switching back and forth. Again, there's software available to do that, so it's really critical. Okay, so now I've done that and I've I have my data set, I've made sure it's as good as it possibly can be. So now we'll go to step two. I'm looking at the data set. First thing I want to do is define where the coronary arteries begin. Do they begin in a normal location or is there some aberrant anatomy? And this aberrant anatomy, again, can occur up to 3% of cases. It's called malignant or non-malignant variation, so sometimes it's clinically important, sometimes it's not of importance. And again, by this time I've already looked and chosen the best phase of the acquisition or surely the phase that I'm going to analyze the data in. And then what you'll do is you'll do a classic search pattern, left main, LAD, circuit, right coronary. I will admit, although that's a good way of doing it, I start with the right coronary first because I want to get that out of the way. It's a single vessel. Often it's the easiest to get beautiful pictures of. It, it's 85% of the time it's a right dominant circulation, so I can make that decision right away. So it, I'll do the right first, and then I'll do over to the left. Now, in saying that, I mentioned before interpretation, choices, axials, MPR, volume rendering, MIP. Do you use two of the above, or one of the above, or all of the above? Our concept is, as for many things, You review all the data interactively. You review this data through every type of rendering. Now, you can say, my God, for what they're paying me, that's too much work. Well, I can tell you that um, uh, it's actually a faster process by integrating the various steps and possibilities into a comprehensive single study, you optimize speed and optimize diagnosis. So let's uh, take a look at at least a couple examples. So in this analysis, I mentioned how we do things interactively. Uh, When I see a lesion, I will confirm it on multiple views. I don't simply want one view. I might be concerned of overcalling a lesion that really wasn't present. And it's also important to uh, use some of the 4D imaging I'm showing you or have shown you to look at motion analysis. You also want to review the individual cardiac chambers and look at the valves. You always get a great look at the aortic valve, a pretty good look at mitral valve, But you can see the uh, pulmonic valve not uncommonly as well. So let's look at a case, here's my first case. Two different views, looking at the right coronary, looking at the left coronary. The question is where is this right coronary arising from? Well, when you start looking a little bit more carefully, you also wonder where is the left system arising, what's going on? Well, those two views are okay, but let's look at it better. What we'll do is we'll drill down from above. Look at this view. You see the circumflex is actually coming off the right coronary artery, and here it is a bit better. Again, we've scrolled through the data set to get to the best point where the uh, circ is coming off the right coronary. A very classic variation. You see the normal aortic root, but a very, very nice display. And here it is with MIP. So something very important to recognize. And of course, interactivity makes this ideal. And I'll just show you three images. Here I'm scrolling through the data set, nicely coming down to that aberrant vessel. Here's another image of that same process. Again, I'm scrolling through the data set. I'm looking at each coronary artery and I notice where the right coronary is and its relationship to the circumflex. So I'm seeing all that very nicely and again, here it is finally in the MIP display. So again, the importance of being able to render cannot be overemphasized, and this interactivity is really ideal. I don't want to give a lecture on the coronary anomalies, but let me show you another example. In this case, the right coronary is coming off the left cusp, and you can see a touch of it on this Vian display, but again, from above, let's look at it, and you can see nicely that the uh, patient's right coronary is coming off the left cusp. You can see it again in this perspective. So it's very important to uh, recognize specifically, again, that drill down view is really ideal. Other cases, a straight AP view would work a bit better. Um, This was one example of that where the patient's LAD and RCA come off a common trunk, or maybe you want to say that the left comes off the right trunk, but You can see the vessels here, you can see the potential impact of any uh, disease in the uh, left main. And you can see very nicely here, we've pulled it out, we show the LAD coming up the RCA, we then look and here it is again, and there's some plaque near the LAD origin. So, again, very, very important, nice visualization. This case also uh, lets me think of one other thing, and that is, Again, the importance of VRT versus MIP. You see with MIP how you can make the mistake of thinking that the vessel arises a bit more uh, to the right than it really does. Again, with MIP, the aortic root, which is very bright, tends to hide the origin of the vessel. So indeed, you wanna be very careful. I think one thing I also like to tell people, the easiest place probably to miss a stenosis is at the origin. And here's another example, same case, where you have the curved planar reconstructions to show you the, uh, the vascular map from a single um, uh, artery. So again, uh, very, very critical. Now, let's look at another case. How do we use all of this together? Well, here's an example. Axial images. Yes, you can scroll through all the axials and what ends up being a normal coronary CTA. Beautiful view of the uh, RCA. But it looks a lot easier to see when I go to 3D, grayscale, you see the origin of the vessel, you see it to the base of the heart. And then I go to the base of the heart and now I see the right dominant circulation, but I get a beautiful view. And I could do that in color. Color is particularly good when you have static images. So I very nicely can see this visualization here. And then I'll look at it from below. So very, very nice visualization. And then again, let's go to curve planar reconstruction, and there's a the perfect curve planar reconstruction. And there's its perfectly matching vessel. And here it is, looking at it from rotating that vessel along several planes, you see many of the branch vessels. So again, this is just a beautiful, absolutely normal case. Very simple. Or this next example. You see the RCA very nicely shown here. Vi Wey- immersing will follow. There's the RCA. We then go to Curve Planar Reconstruction, which targets the vessel in its entirety. Again, this is something the user does and the computer helps you. And then we go to the 3D map, beautiful visualization of the RCA. So again, a very nice way to look at the vessel and then spin it and rotate it and get a very good visualization. Let's look at one last case and we'll stop. Another example, we're looking at the right coronary here looks pretty good looking at the left looks pretty good here it is again we'll just change the orientation there's the patient's left main and LAD, and here again patients le- right sided vessels also the left main and led we splay the vessels apart and you really do have a very nice very strong visualization and whether you like grayscale or whether you're an aficionado of color Uh, I do, I have to admit, begin to like color more and more, but that really is an individual preference, it's something you can look at. Here's that same patient by the way, Um, another view in perspective, again, multiple views are critical to make sure there's no stenosis present. We then did the curved planar reconstruction, again the left main, LAD circ, all look very nice. And so we really have a good visualization. So why don't I stop at that point and let's get started in a few minutes and let's look at some other interesting cases and some of the facts of cardiac CT. Thanks a lot for your help and attention. Bye-bye.